Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. Before we get started with the show, I just want to tell you, as usual, how you could participate with us. You could participate by emailing us. Our email is at road to Damascus. That's road the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach out to us on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter as well as Instagram at Road to Damascus. That's Road the Number Two Damascus. Join the show via social media or reach out to us via email. We would love to hear from you. We've actually been getting some emails from some listeners lately. We appreciate you all participating and giving feedback on the show. We hear some of the show topics and ideas you like to listen to. So we'll be adding those to the docket. So without further ado, let's get this thing started. Um, it's just me on the dolo with one other person today. The myth, the legend, the one, the only. Rabbi Shonda, say what's up to him, Rabbi. Say what's up to him. Tickles me every time you do it. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Uh, Steph and Lauren um, have prior engagements. Steph is going Hollywood on this. So make sure I say that before he um um before it gets out. But when this show drops on Monday, make sure you tune in on Wednesday at nine o'clock. I believe it's either eight or nine o'clock on HGTV. Stephen will be making a television appearance um on HGTV on a show that is a. Uh, it's kind of like it's um partnering off another show. That's based here in Detroit. Is the, it was called a bargain block, and the real estate agent in the show is kind of having her own show. And Stefan is the general contractor in that show. So all the people listening to us, you get to see how Stefan looks—that handsome face, that bright, beautiful <laughs> smile. Um, but he's the he's the contractor on the show. So if you love our show and support us, make sure you love that and watch and support him as well because we support each other in everything that we do. Congratulations, little brother. Oh, we proud of you. So on to the show. Today's topic, Rabbi. <laughs> um, over the, I'll say, with the election of 2016 with Donald Trump, we had um, a very large growth, it appeared to me. It was always an undercurrent of it, but... We had a very large growth in churches that really become became overtly religious, not religious, political, right. excuse me, um, dive deep, diving deeply into political waters, um, telling people who to support, how they should support them, why they should support them and things like that. And it had gotten to a point I had never seen that in my in my at that time. 35, 36 years on this earth. And it is only exacerbated more yeah. in the in the in the concurring years. So my question and our topic for today is are churches that really get into heavy political discussion and try to tell you who to vote for and how to vote, should they lose their tax exempt status because they're no longer really being a church, but being a political institution. I turn the floor over to you, Rabbi. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, first, first, let me say this. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this team. 
and 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 the duo since it's just two of us you know here today we are definitely some free black voices uh, rocking boats and ruffling feathers absolutely so i i appreciate i appreciate that about us now to the um <clears throat> to the question at hand i'll, I'll say this uh, political is pertaining to government or the conduct of government so we have to be concerned with it to be in a position to influence it, you know, for, for the kingdom um, or to influence governmental policies, you know, for God or for the people. of God. But God is neither Democratic nor Republican. Um, <clears throat> so we have to be informed so that we have a biblical worldview or um, perspective in the churches, in a sense, its own um, politics. So we can't avoid being political. Um, but we can't represent a political party. So for me, at the point where you use your platform to take up the cause of a political party uh, or overfeeding the flock of God about politics, then you should absolutely lose it. Um, during the, the Trump era, you know, some of y'all, and you know who you are, gave people more information about how to choose a presidential candidate than you give information about choosing Jesus. So um, once you do that, then absolutely, I said what I said, I meant it, and I'll say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Some of y'all gave people more information about choosing a political candidate than you actually give the congregation or people about choosing Jesus. Absolutely. Let's uh, go on and just. So um, it's a gentleman that I follow on um Instagram, no, excuse me, on Twitter. His name is Shane Cl Claiborne, and he is an author, activist, and a recovering center. That's in his bio. I love that right there. Um, and he he um, had posted this little thread. I'm just going to read it real quick, Rabbi. Jesus wasn't white. He didn't speak English. He wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. He carried a cross, not a gun. The flag is not a Christian symbol. The national anthem is not a worship song. The Bible does not say God bless America. It says for God so loved the world. Jesus is God in flesh. He came to us a broke. He came to us a brown skinned Palestinian Jewish refugee born in a genocide, homeless, executed by the state. On the cross, Jesus absorbed all violence. He put death on display in order to subvert it with love, forgiveness, and empty a tomb. Jesus said that one day we <clears throat> will all come before God and be asked, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was a stranger, did you welcome me? When I was in prison, did you come visit me? What we do to the least of the, these, we do to Christ. That's what Jesus said. Jesus blessed the people this world curses, the poor, the hungry, the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, those who mourn, the persecuted, the peacemakers. He said the last are first and the first are last. The mighty will be cast down and the lowly lifted up. That's the gospel. But somehow we've lost the message of Jesus in this Western society and you know, it says, Shonda, if you don't learn from history, you're bound to repeat it. Mm -hmm. And the last time that the church really got involved in politics, we crucified somebody. <laughs> Would you agree or disagree with I that? I agree. 
So who's going to be the next one to get crucified? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like, we really, like, they were so heavily involved in the politics of Rome and Caesar. Right. That they were missing the message of Christ. We are so involved in the politics of today mm-hmm. that we are missing the message of Christ. I, I agree. Um, we're, we're so involved in, in the politics, but not social injustice. Because it seems like those who were being crucified during this time have skin that look like mine. I wish I had a mic to, to so. drop and they see the mic drop. So it hasn't stopped. It, it has not stopped. Um, politics has kind of bled over into church business. Um, you can see it in the church and how people are handled. It's political. There are pecking orders established. Who gets used? What name do you have? What family are, is your, does your family have roots, you know, in, in the organization? Um, some of the uh, most prophetic people have names that are not well known. You know, they're not, they're not famous. They are gifted uh, beyond measure, but they don't get the same amount of respect because of who they're not. And your contribution determines how you're treated. Absolutely. That, if, if, you, if, you are, if you are a heavy tither in the church, mm-hmm. you get special, special treatment where you get to sit. FaceTime you get with your pastor. Right. The ability to be used in, 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 in ministry, even if you're not uh, exceptionally gifted. But because you're a gift and what you give has uh, enough zeros, you might be allowed to stand before the congregation, even if there has to be cleanup from what you said. We have got to figure out how to get back to the basics um, of, of Jesus and Christianity and not politics. Um, man, we, we, we got to see. We're looking through the wrong lenses so we don't see correctly. We are sighted people with no vision. You know, we, we can hear. I had, I'm, I'm just, you're just dropping some gems. You know, and we, we, only, go, we only 10 minutes in. Hey, as we go from the, the bottom to the top, or as we ascend, or as we crescendo in um, Jesus, our respect should increase the same way from the bottom to the top. The higher up you go, your respect for those at the bottom should increase. But you see in politics that the higher they go, they respect people at the top and not at the bottom. But change doesn't happen at the top. It happens at the bottom. Change is grassroots. You know, people affecting change, doing real work, they're at the bottom. Jesus was grassroots. He was at the bottom. He put himself at the bottom. At the bottom. And that's why Judas was upset. Exactly. He didn't come in royally. You know, he came in riding the donkey. You know, he didn't come in with the regalia or pomp and circumstance. So Judas was like, come on. Man. I thought I thought I, I thought I volunteered for something different. Right. Absolutely. So how do we how did we get here, in your opinion? How did we get here? Yes. We became more concerned with optics than reality, what it looks like. It's the same thing Judas had. It hasn't changed that much. You know, the, um, the characters have changed, but the play is still the same. It's optics. People care more about what they look like than, than, the, than the truth. 
you know, just no, we can't tell that because that's going to make us look bad. We can't do that. We're going to look bad. We can't let them up. They don't look like everybody else. Well, you know what? In actuality, there will be more people who look like me than who look like that. Absolutely. You know, who's going we have to we have to put aside all these all this red tape. Where why do we have red tape in Christianity? It's not a this is not a Fortune 500 company. You know, the church is not a Fortune 500. It shouldn't company. be bureaucracies. It should not. Bureaucratic red tape to cut through. No. Jesus walked by, he chose people who were already working and said, "Come follow me and do your work over here." Right. What it shouldn't be any different than that. And the people he chose weren't people that you would necessarily look at right. and think they would. I mean, at the end of the day, and I think I might have said this on the podcast before, it's funny to me that we oftentimes can't see the forest for the trees. Jesus had Peter. We know Peter was quick-tempered. Mm-hmm. We know Peter, his tool of the day, Peter was a, carried a weapon. Right. They didn't have guns back then. Right. Now you say, well, he's a fisherman. That's why he had a knife. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But now he did need that knife for his job. He was right. cutting nets. You know, you got to cut fish to be able to clean them out. He needed, what do you have in your hand? Right. Wasn't that the, um, the, the, the slogan of the day? You said Absolutely. to Moses, what do you have in your hand? Absolutely. David, what do you have in your hand? Peter, what do you have in your hand? The problem today is we have changed what we had in our hands to what we see with our eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he, he, he chose Peter and he had the, the, the brothers of Zebedee or sons of Zebedee. Right. The ones who, when a village wouldn't accept Jesus in, asked him to call fire from heaven mm-hmm. to destroy the village. Then he had Thomas who was, who heard the message for three years and still doubted him. Right. Then he had Judas, the volunteer, the only one who volunteered that showed up. And I mean, it was other players in it, but I'm just saying. Right. Like, he, these weren't the the distinguished. These weren't the, the heavy tithers. These right. were the ones who had the heart that were going to be able to accomplish the things that needed to be accomplished. They weren't perfect. Right. They were going to have shortcomings. Mm-hmm. But they were going to be dedicated to the cause. Right. We don't look for that anymore. We're looking for robots that'll listen mm-hmm. and do what you tell them to do. I'm not a robot. Never been one. Can't be one. And if you want to use another analogy, like me and Stefan always say, I'm no longer plugged into the matrix. Right. Right. Ignorance isn't bliss. It's not. You perish for lack of knowledge. <laughs> And when people say that, that is so contradictory of the word of God. For the lack of knowledge, my people shall perish. Mm-hmm. But people will still say, well, ignorance is bliss. No, it's not. It is not. It's not at all. And we are more concerned with political antics by people, mind you, who don't care nothing about the church, Shonda. Like these people use the church as a catapult for them to get to certain positions. Right. Cause you need, you need the church, right? You need the voice of the church, which is why you will see um, so many people circulating around in black churches, you know, looking for that particular platform to explain what it is they're going to do. If you put us in office, you know, if you help us get elected, this is what we will do for your community. 
we will put these programs in place. We will engage these people, and we will um, try to ensure that you get this amount of help, and we'll flood this particular amount of money into your um, communities, and we will help you maintain your 501c3, you know, statuses. No. And, and the then we become a, a post, you know, where we passing out flyers, and um, then our pastors uh, become speakers, you know, for those who they feel have the best um, ideology for where we're going to go after this. No. Well, and 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 I know we've kind of swerved a little bit, but back to the, because you brought it up and that was the original, about the 501c3. Because it's, under, it's definitely under attack by non-Christian groups. So let me ask you, do you think it's important for the church to have taxes and status, in your opinion? I do think it's important. Okay. I think it's important that they, you know, that they have it. Um, if they're going to do the work that they say they're going to do, which is the reason why they got it. Okay. So let me ask you this. Let's do a little uh, devil's advocate. Um, we've seen many of churches, small, big, medium size, abuse the 501c3 as a way to be able to get through the prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. private jets, big homes. We even just saw <laughs> a pastor who was robbed him and his wife for $400,000 worth of jewelry. Well, no, it was 400,000. Then it came back. It was a million, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and it's, <gasps> and, and they're in small buildings. They're in, they have people lacking in their churches. Yeah. So if I come and say, I don't think you should have this, what have you done with it? You don't even do the things that you profess that you were going to do at the beginning. So how would you respond to that? Wait, am I responding to the incident that happened? No, no, just to what I, just to somebody who would bring up that the churches abuse that. You know, people bring that up because they've seen it. You know, this, this is the thing. People bring up these topics about um, churches because they've seen it done by churches. You know, we're supposed to shun the very appearance of, of, of evil, whether it's mismanagement, you know, of community money, because most of the money from churches comes from the community. It comes from the people who are pouring into it. And if you going to pull up, I'm sorry, I can't disconnect the two. You know, if you're going to pull up, you know, in a Rolls Royce in front of a, a, a storefront church where the backdrop, backdrop is thumbtacked um, to the wall, um, are, are you robbing the people? You know, you optics, it looks bad. You're, you're worried about the wrong optics, meaning you, you brought up optics before. Right. You want to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor. I should dress a certain way. People who come and speak should dress a certain way. But the building look raggedy. You know, listen. <sighs> Read the room. <laughs> Read the room. If you are in a community that is an impoverished community, if you're going to put a facility directly in an impoverished community, you pulling up in a Rolls Royce where people are barely getting by, you you're asking to be to be robbed because it looks like you're robbing the people. You know, I read somewhere um, and, and of course, this guy has 
you know, some historical context here that, that proves he's not exactly on the up and up. And one of the comments was, I don't feel bad for uh, somebody being robbed who has robbed. Right. Um, so a man I, reapeth. You know. <laughs> they start reaping. You know, that, I'm that, sorry that, for what well, happened. No, no, but, but, but that's when people bring up reaping and so You know, that's when church folk, non-church folk be like, well, you reap what you sow. Exactly. Uh, but we all do. Right. Uh you know, but people bring this up because they've seen it. You know, so many churches take advantage of people and then not give back to those same people. Like, if if you're going to have this amount of money, then why not have, be in a, a place that's secure for the people who are coming? You know what I mean? Why? Why set them up for that? Because nobody got robbed but you and your wife, and that's because nobody else had anything. But you and your wife. Right. You're in here with $400,000 worth of jewelry. No, a million dollars. I'm sorry, a million dollars of jewelry on in in a facility where there are people who, who have nothing. That looks bad to the world. Because if you remember, I think it was in Acts chapter 2, they all gave what they had so that everybody, Nobody would lack. Nobody, nobody would be lacking. But then you see such a disparity, um, even in our churches, where there's you know certain people have everything while others have nothing, and it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. There have been people who have gone to churches for help and have been refused because they don't attend that church, or there have been people who've gone to they their don't tithe. churches. Right, and couldn't get because they don't tithe. There, there have been so many things that have happened uh, from some of our churches that have not been right. We've put this narrative out there in order for it to be taken and run with. They're not pulling this out of the air. You know, these are offenses that have been done. So the fact that the, the 501c3 is under attack has been a little bit of our behavior. Absolutely. And not a... As Malcolm said, the roosters are coming home to roost. You know, hey, it, it is. Or the chickens are coming chickens home to roost. Right, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, some of this is just coming home. It's just coming back. We have the chance to make it right. We have the opportunity to do it different. But if you're going to be, um, if you're in a position where you're going to do all the reaping, um, then why, why would you change it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you this, when it comes to the political piece and the, the part that with the 501c3, now there was a time Shonda that I used to <clears throat> say to myself, I know way too many intelligent people. How are we going to get fooled by the antichrist? Like I, I read the word and it's like, even the very elect would be fooled if he didn't shorten his days. But then I saw the rise of 44. Mm-hmm. No, was he 45? 45. Yeah, it's 45. I saw the rise of 45 and how so many church people backed him. Even though he was somebody that ostensibly shouldn't even be, you wouldn't, on, on a, if they were a normal person, you wouldn't even let them be in the pulpit. But you were speaking highly of this person. And almost giving him God-like status. Now, God can use whoever he wants. Right. Whenever he wants. But there still has to be some things in place. But now that we saw the rise of 45 and how the church supported him, 
Now I can see how people can fall for the okie doke. Mm-hmm. Now with the church backing up, because this this is this a new word that is gaining momentum. It's called Christian nationalism, and they're, they 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 are almost basically wanting to turn America. It's like a Christian jihad. Like we make fun of Muslim jihad and Islamic jihad, where we want to make laws and everything based on the Bible, like nation, national laws. So even whether you're a Christian or not, like the church now is pushing that we need to begin to just change laws that makes everything Christian-based laws, even though, you know, in a country, I think 65% of the country is some sort of Christian belief, right. but not all the same Christian belief, but just some sort of Christian, which is 35% are either non-believers, Muslim, or whatever. So now we see that. So that's going to be more backlash against the church. Absolutely. It is like politics, um, politics and religion, not spirituality, but politics and religion or the set of laws or the, the, the letter. It's a revealer of the heart. And I think that's what happened when 45 was running or, you know, let me, let me, let me just say when, when President Trump was running for office, it didn't bring out anything new. It exposed what had been hidden. So when you get to hot button topics, like nothing is really exposed without heat. Heat is a revealer of character. And I think that the election of, of President Trump um, has revealed the character of some churches. It revealed that you're not who you say you are. The principles that you have been hiding behind aren't really your authentic principles. And I think that's, that's where we are right now. People are looking for the authentic church that is being overshadowed by people's political uh, beliefs and, and principles or, and the lack thereof, uh, the lack of Christian beliefs and principles. People are looking for something real. People are looking for God. They are, on, they are in search of God because people are hurting, they're angry, and they're frustrated. And we're giving them more laws and more rules and more regulations, and it's not helping, it's not healing, or anything like that. Well, they're coming to the church looking for help, and we're telling them to go to the government looking for that help. Yeah. Where we should be the ones offering that help. And, and it's like, but the people you support and the laws that they pass don't help people at all. Um, and, and I'll just like, I just saw this week um, and I'm bringing it political because we're in a political type discussion. Uh, the Democrats um, made an agreement to pass some, some by uh, not bipartisan, but pass some laws that were going to, enact some new taxes on businesses that make over a billion dollars and some stuff that had to do with clean energy and trying to save the environment. And the Republicans were so upset because the Democrats did this after they had agreed to bipartisanly pass the SNAP program, which for people that don't know SNAP, SNAP is for like um, school lunches for kids and things like that. So the Republicans were so upset that the Democrats came up with this deal and we're going to pass these laws that they in turn 
decided to vote against some law, vote against a bill that were going to help soldiers that had gotten cancer or other afflictions from these, these pits that when they were fighting in wars. So we send you over and we talk about these wars, but now that you need help, we don't want to pay the money mm-hmm. to help you. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you one party's better than the other, which right now I can't tell you that, but I'm not going to do that. Right. But I'm going to tell you that the things that they one party may support that are biblical truths mm-hmm. might not be true, not, might not also mean that they have the best interest of everybody in in hand. You get what I'm saying? So it's right. like this one thing may help and be look good biblically, mm-hmm. but everything else they support is bad for every everybody, especially people that look like me and you. Because in turn, I will say the backlash becomes this. So yesterday I'm at the barber shop, and my barber, he knows I know everything. Sports, political, he'd be like, like I'm his human encyclopedia. He'd be yeah. like, people do the same thing. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know everything. And they'd be like, if B don't know it, then it ain't. Yeah. So, you know, he was like, he was like, wait. So it was a couple of things he asked me I didn't know. He's like, where you been at? He's like, usually you know everything. I was like, well, I've been going through an audit at work. So I right. couldn't be up on everything. He was like, oh, okay, I'll let you slide for right. now. But you're making me look bad because I'm calling on you right. and you don't know. But January 6th happened. It happened. It happened. The way we saw it happen with our lying eyes. Right. And a conviction just happened this week. They've been slowly get convicting people. A black gentleman, this is the first black person who was a part of January 6th um, incident, right. riot, whatever you want term you want to use, was convicted this week. Okay. He, he received 63 months. Okay. Now, I've been looking and seeing people being eight months, six months, 18 months. He is tied for the highest rate of conviction for anybody with one man. 63 months he received. Now, Sean, <laughs> numerous, numerous people have been convicted, getting little to no time. And brother got five years. I swear they gave him five years just because it's like you shouldn't even been there. Like, why was you even there? So it's like when churches of a certain ilk tell their parishioners to support people and support candidates and push these candidates on them, and these candidates support laws, enact laws that are disproportionately affecting people that look like us. So... It's okay that they believe, they say they believe in God or they're Christian and they want to pass laws that, well, God wouldn't want us to have this happen or have that happen. But yet, God wants to pass laws that show that one people can be affected, hated, discarded, thrown away, and that's okay. Well, I mean, you know, that's been going on for a long time where people have used um, the, the Bible, <clears throat> excuse me to spread um, their idea of, of politics. Um, they used it to convince slaves that this is what God wanted, that this is what he created you for. It has been the norm for so long 
my issue with um, church and politics is that church, the, the church's view of, of politics should be even across the board. Like it should be fair across the board. When, when John the Baptist called the crowds of people um, to repent, some of the, uh, the, the teachers asked him, well, you know, uh, some of the, the people asked him, a teacher, what, well, well, what do you want us to do? Um, and, and that time, the political people would have been the tax collectors. Um, and, and they was like, well, well, how are we supposed to collect our money? He was like, well, don't collect any more than you're authorized to do. He told the soldiers, don't extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be content with your wages. You know, these were the medical matters of uh, personal um, and public justice. This is the way it should be in the church. This is how we should handle things with everyone. Don't do, don't take any more than you're supposed to have. Um, have the same rules that apply to everyone across the board. And when you encounter a system that is not following that, then you should speak out against it. You should use your influence to bring that system into alignment you know, with the views of God or the principles of God. And that's not what we do. It's almost like we promote um, the scale being unbalanced because our scales in most churches or in the, in the system of church is unbalanced because there are people within it who don't have the same opportunities as others. You know, it's not the, the playing field is not level in church. So why would I expect your views for things outside of church to be fair and just? Amen. The goal is get it right in here before you speak on what's happening out there. And I think that is the view of people outside of our churches. Like, well, how are you going to judgment tell me of the Lord begins in the house of God? Like, how are you going to tell me what to do? And clearly it ain't, it ain't working for you uh, because there's, there's bickering amongst y- your own flock because you're not handling them justly or rightly or, or, or correctly. We shouldn't have any instances where one person is able to ask for help and get, um, all, all the help they need. Um, I'll use this as an example where one person can go in because they have an emergency situation and they need to fly out and they need to get there immediately. And you know, they have the right name and you love them so much. You buy them a plane ticket where somebody who comes in who is lesser known has an emergency and you, you get them bus fare. <laughs> like, you know, enjoy that, uh, that 24 hour ride. What makes their emergency any less? Like we've got to be in alignment where we have to be fair and just, um, we need to be aware of what's happening in our world because we are a part of the last day movement. So we need to be aware of what's happening. So we know how to pray so that we understand uh, the warfare that's happening, but we're so concerned, concerned and engulfed in the realm that we can see and touch and feel and smell that the real realm where warfare is happening, that we can't see, we are allowing it to just happen instead of influencing. And if you want to have some church politics, influence the realm that's in Influencing the realm where you live. If y'all want to send some donations. Amen to that. Period. Period. So we were discussing before the show. We had a long discussion. Got to cut the mics on one day. But I brought up Miles Monroe. And Loved him. 
still watch Miles Monroe mm. video, but he talked about kingdom principles and how because Western Westerners lived in a democracy, it was hard for us to understand kingdom principles. It was hard for us to understand kingship and our relationship with God and him being a king right. and what the expectations are as a person that's in a kingdom under kingdom rule right. and what the king does for his people and things like that, which it is hard for us to see that because right. of, we, we elect our leaders, mm-hmm. even though money elects them because it's who, you know, I've been seeing these ads and cause you know, it's a primary Wednesday. So these ads been literally getting shoved down, down your throat, down all our throat. Night long. All night. <laughs> yeah. So, but do, do you think that the reason the church is, that we're looking for a kingdom principle, like we we look to these people like people who should be in the kingdom, even though we elect them. I mean, you understand my question? Ask it one more time. So because we we are under a kingship as Christians, God is the king. Okay. So we're under a kingship, and we yearn to be under a kingship here on earth. Just like the children of Israel, they want it to be like everybody else. So because we yearn for that kingship, but we live in a system that we no longer have a king, Mm -hmm. that we're actually able to choose our leaders. Okay. Do you think that's that's why we step into that realm of politics as a body? Because remember, God told the children of Israel, if you get a king, this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And everything he said that was going to happen, happened. Mm-hmm. I th- okay. So do you understand what I'm trying to say now? I think I do. Okay. Here's what I think. We we live in a democracy where we, where we work. You know, we build relationships. Um, we have families, uh, friends, all that stuff. That we live in, in a democracy. We've been challenged, or we should understand, that you live in a democracy simply because you have this flesh, this shell. But your spirit has to exist in kingdom. So you are in two worlds at the same time, all the time. But we're so focused on the world that we actually live in that we've made those principles Number one, we are ruled and governed by those principles. So we reap the rewards and the benefits of that democracy. Inside, we want to experience the glory of the kingdom. We want to experience the benefit of the king of kings. We want to experience um, the wonder and the splendor of being ruled by him who knows all and sees all and can do all things and him who he who answers prayers and understands our thoughts and intents. But we don't feed that realm. So what we reap are just rewards of where we live. We were talking about before, it's the cognitive dissonance of it all because we haven't really realized that where our attention and where our focus should be are on the things that we can't see. Because everything that you can see is controlled by what you can't see. So we've been sucked into the matrix or the system of how things operate where we live instead of where we're going to. 
And I think because we've adopted those philosophies, we attempt to bring them into the kingdom. They are not going to work there. You can't apply the principles of this democracy in the kingdom. You can't apply the system of the democracy and reap kingdom benefit. You can't do it. So you get engulfed in it because you can build a name for yourself. You can build a name for yourself. You can influence how other people think and feel. But we should be influencing people to make decisions based on the kingdom and not the world that we live in. Look at the world we live in. Look at what those decisions have gotten us. Just look at it. We're looking at what we can see with our eyes. We're looking at what we can touch. We're looking at, because this is what we're used to. We have not learned how to live in this world while being focused on the one where we are actually living at. Because the real stuff is happening behind the scenes that you right. can't see. All this stuff is influenced by what's happening in the spirit realm. And because we don't have rank in the kingdom, because we don't have connections in the kingdom, because we're not con connected to the political powers of the kingdom. We want to be connected to the ones down we here. We want to be connected. And so we're reaping the benefits down here. We see the disparity. We see the injustices because we're not powerful in the realm where we need to be to have the right amount of influence. We think influence here is going to be able to work in the kingdom, and it's not. We've gotten <laughs> it backwards. That's just my That's just your opinion. Yeah, because here we can choose leaders. There, the leader's already been chosen. There's already a leader. There's already a system that works. It's been the system that's there that's been in place created all of this stuff that you see and feel and all this stuff that you've become accustomed to. But if we if we understand that and if we walk in that, then we would start to see those benefits pop yeah. up. The children of Israel had their issues, but God was your king. So when he started to dole out. Mm hmm. You didn't lack for nothing. Right. When they had problems, when the children of Israel had problems and they went to Moses, who would, who would have been their political leader, right. Moses went to the king. He went to the kingdom with the issues and he got answers. He brought them back to the democracy and everything was great. Right. But here, we don't do that. We think we can get the leaders here to uh, legislate morality and values and standards, and they cannot they cannot. It, that's not how this goes. It's not how it goes. We are still governed by a kingdom, even though you can't see it. It is at the end, At the end of the day, it don't matter how many laws you pass. It don't. People still going to do what they want to do. They're going to do it. And they're going to have to deal with the consequences, whether rightly or wrongly, whether goodly or badly. Mm -hmm. I know those aren't words, but we I'm make used, words we make here. words up. With God, period. So as the church, we should be introducing real political power to the people of God. We should be introducing real political. Like, why, why would I convince you to believe in 45 or 46 or, or 47 or, or, whomever? or whomever it may be? Because they're not in control. Well, 44, for as happy as I was, he was still just a symbolic leader. And my thing is, at the end of the day, we focused the problem to me with the church is, is we get so focused on the federal when the local elections is the one that affect your people daily anyway. Right. 
and you need a house of representatives in your know, in and, your and, state and, right what what decision there are a few executive decisions that a president can make but right. for the most part all those decisions go through congress they go through the house they have to hit the floor well, well people don't know civics well yeah that's true and and you know but Just i like mean people don't know the well, well no but i mean ugh. you got to have the basics of government to understand governmental policies and procedures you need the basics of the kingdom to understand kingdom principles and procedures you still need the basics. You need to get out the glory. Come on back down here to earth till you get some basic principles of how to exist up there and understand the flow of the kingdom. Just like you need some social studies and some history. Well, 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 no, because now we starting to see, and I hate to do this because I don't always like to drop names, but so we, we, we begin to see that somebody like Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker was a, Football player, for some of y'all know, he's running for governor of Georgia. I don't know if the brother got CTE, too many concussions, but he don't know nothing. But they are supporting him and trying to put him up to run for Congress, but he does not have that foundation that you talked about. So it's like you're just going to put him there he don't know nothing. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Or it is a, um, a, a ploy set up for him to just be the face or the puppet to be controlled by the people that they put around him right. who don't have the right face. Because if we put you up, they, nobody's going to vote. Right. We need somebody with who the, the face. people will vote for, and they're not really controlling what's happening at all. At all. At all. So it, it, it just, to me, so before we start wrapping this up, I was, well, let me finish my thought. It just to me, it just seems as though that we have to, First, to understand the things of the spiritual, we must first understand the things of the natural. Right. We have to take the scales off our eyes naturally and begin to study to show thyself approved and understand at the end of the day that I always tell people this, Sean. I understand that the person I'm voting for or the person I may support or put my dollars behind may not say, share the same spiritual beliefs that I have, mm -hmm. they might not look like me. They might not have my same hue, but I understand that what they have to do ultimately has to look out for the best interests of all people. God did things for everybody. When God did things, it was people. I'm, we know it was people who didn't agree. Moses, oh, you yeah. brought us out here to die. Where, where is this guy? We want to talk to him. And when he started talking, <laughs> All right, no, it's cool. Let him talk to you. Moses. We're here, Moses. Or what's the one you always talk about? The no, I, we want to be in charge. All right, well, if God ain't who He is, the ground gonna come right and open up and swallow you whole, <laughs> whole. Yeah, I'm not gonna take that. Back. Like, like I'm just saying, when somebody start talking like that, it's like maybe he knows something I don't know. Maybe he got a memo <laughs> that I didn't get. Absolutely. But these people stared at after they had saw everything else that happened. They crossed across on dry land. They saw Pharaoh and his soldiers yep. getting messed up. They saw the light still shining, even though it was nighttime, to lead them. We have to remove the scales, though. We have to. We talked about freedom before this podcast, Shonda. Yes, we, we have to. We have to start to teach people what true freedom is. Right. Right. And that's going to be another podcast we're going to have to. That's going to be a whole show. And we need the whole crew here for that. 
Right. But we need to get back to and let people need to know what is freedom. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the name of the what is freedom. Right. Because at the end of the day, the children of Israel, even though they were free, were mm-hmm. still in bondage. Right. Right. And most people who talk to you about being free need to keep you in a certain amount of bondage to maintain their control over you. I had to play two at once. And you get a little air horn in there. <laughs> Absolutely. But true friend, if they ain't mad at you, you ain't really free yet. You ain't free. You ain't free yet. Because real freedom makes people who not free uncomfortable. And when they and when you start to talk real freedom, mm-hmm. they gotta get rid of you. A free black voice is still a problem in this country. Look what they did to Dr. King. When he was talking civil rights, they didn't care. But when he started trying to bring the people together mm-hmm. and he was talking about we coming to Washington to get our check. Yeah. Malcolm oh. X. Uh, Fred Hampton. To, uh, Mecca. Matt Gravers. Fred Hampton. Yeah. Uh, Rainbow Coalition. It was a problem. He got to go. Because he talking too many truths because he had freedom. He was only 19 years old. Right. And when they can't get to you. They get to the weak people around you. Which Judas. Why you need to be the weakest link in your chain. Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, the brothers in, in the nation of Islam that they used. Uh, to get uh, Malcolm. The, the brothers they used, the, the photographer that was with Ma- uh, Martin. Mm-hmm. He was a, a op. And the guy who was the and number two for Fred Hampton. Right. The man that ended up killing himself. And the Just doctor. The, who was at the hospital where they took Martin, and he was alive when he got there, which is what most people don't understand. He wasn't dead when he got to the hospital. So so those are topics we can dive into, but I've enjoyed this discussion like I enjoy all of our discussions, right, by. And I think we kept it a little tame because we could have went there. Yeah. You know. But I think the closing that I'm going to use is going to go there. But So go ahead. Uh, you know, there, there has to be a certain amount of uh, uh, political savvy um, even even in the church. But for us, it has to start and finish with the gospel. Um, and if it doesn't, it'll be unspeakably cruel at some point and, and one-sided. Um, we have to be mindful at all times that anything we do has to include all people. We can't afford to be ex- an exclusive or elite group of anything. There was nothing about our king that was exclusive. Or elite. He sat with the individuals that no one thought that he would have sat with. You know, he listened to stories and freed people who we probably never would have thought should have been freed. He didn't ask the, the man who, uh, Jesus didn't ask the man who hung next to him on the cross, what, what did you do? How long had you done it? He didn't give him a sentence, you know, that fit the crime. He said to him, you'll be with me in Paris. We have to allow our political views to be overhauled because the more we learn, the less we realize we know. We need to be influenced by kingdom principles, and we need to allow the vision and the thoughts of, of, of God um, to become our thoughts. We need to allow our minds to be transformed, not conformed. And most of us have conformed to the system, so we preach and we teach that system, which just only leads to more bondage for people. But once we really allow our thoughts and our minds to be changed, once we really allow God to be God, 
once we really allow the king to be the king, I think we can the, the lenses can come off and we can look at each other and see each other as equals and we can recognize that everybody has a voice. And um, I think we'll also be clear on what we shouldn't allow into our churches. And maybe somehow we can start to rebuild the reputation of the church. Amen. 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 Um, I do this every so often, but I'm going to let somebody else do my closing for me today. So let me just uh, cue this up. It pertains to what Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah said. Look at verse 18 again. They said, we will not serve your God. Tell your neighbor, don't miss this. The God of the oppressor and the God of the oppressed are by biblical definition two different gods. Pilate and Jesus were serving two different gods. Not only were they speaking two different languages, not only were they living in two different worlds, but they were also serving two different gods. The God of slavery is a different God from the God of the slave. Listen, the enslaver's God is a different God from the God of those being enslaved. Let me help you. The God of white supremacy is a different God from the God who came to set the captives free. The God who supported apartheid, the God who approves of shock and awe, the God who winks at collateral damage, the God who rubber stamps the racist exploitation of a people and all the world's resources, that ain't the God who took on the form of a servant and became obedient even unto death because who well, beware of who you're talking to you might be talking to somebody serving a different God listen the God who says that black folk are inferior is not the God who said I made you in my image and you are mine the God of sexism is not the God of sojourner truth or of Harriet Tubman the God who loves America and America only is not the God whom Jesus said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son the God of preemptive strikes is not the God of peace the God of greed is not the God of grace the God of those who who are on the decks of the slave ship is not the God of those who was riding belief the deck saying oh Lord have mercy the God of a lying president is not the God of a loving provider the God of the have mores is not the God of the have nots the God who lets the poor die because of selfishness is not the God who became poor for our sakes and who died for our sins the God of a king who puts people in a fiery furnace is not the God who gets in the furnace along with them people so that when they walk through the fire their clothes won't even smell like they've been near smoke and I ain't talking about Allah and Yahweh being two different gods they're the same God I'm talking about the God of the slave holder Nebuchadnezzar and the God of the slave Hananiah Mishael and Azariah the God of the colonizer Pilate and the Italians and the God of the of the colonized that's Jesus and the Palestinian those are two different gods the God of a king who keeps secret prisons is not the king of kings who always keeps sacred promises. I'm through with that. Amen, amen, amen to that. So with that being said, that was Reverend Jeremiah Wright, somebody who we know that was ostracized for his beliefs, but he had the final word today. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And remember, 
Somebody may be serving a different God than you, so be careful who you're talking to. Until next time, God bless, and we're out. <laughs>